Hey, what's up, Tom? What's up, brother? Hey, man. I want to uh, give a big thanks to uh, our sponsors uh, today. Thank you, Schedulicity. Thank you so much for doing what you do for our industry. You give so much love. You give so much love to us. We want to uh, thank you from the bottom of our heart. Well, uh, in 2019, they changed the industry, right? They changed the industry with both Schedulicity Cares by giving away $5,000 a month to a hairdresser and some barbers, right? And with Schedulicity Pays. Yeah, and Schedulicity Pays was huge. Ginormous. It, yeah, and, and it definitely, definitely will save you money. Yeah. No I mean, doubt. There's no doubt. I mean, a 1.99% processing fee and for $0.10 cents a, a swipe. I mean, you, do your research. You can't find better. No. And a free card reader. And a free card reader. That's right. <laughs> Which is integrated right into the app, right? So you don't have to leave the app. Everything is, uh, is right there for you. Yeah. And also, we want to bring to the family. Yeah. So uh, we're also excited to talk about uh, salon scales and welcome them. Um, and then they give you the price, which then in turn, you, you, uh, you, you forward to your, to your uh, client. So what they're doing is they're doing labor and product. So you charge for your labor, you know, you charge X amount, you know, per, per hour. And then you're also um, charging for your product, but they kind of walk you through that. But more importantly to me is you see exactly how much product you're using. And, and exactly how much product that, it, that it's costing you, right? So, like, I know, for instance, like, I was way undercharging, like, for either a gloss or, or, or for a toner because I was using more product than I was actually charging for it. So, you know, for years and years and years, I've been losing money with those services. Well, now I've, I've readjusted my, schedule, my, my pricing, so now I can, I can make some more money on, on, on those products. Or so, not lose money. <laughs> not lose money. Exactly. I mean, literally, it's crazy when you do a gloss and now it's costing you money. You know, that, that's, that's just silly to it's think like about. like taking your car to a mechanic and they charge you for labor and not for parts. Exactly. Right. You know, exactly. So now, now they've given us the ability to charge for that. Um, and, and again, just for me, the, the biggest aha for me was just the awareness of, of, of what these products are actually costing me because I had no clue before. A really, uh, another really cool thing about Salon Scales is that you just put in whatever product line that you're using. And, and it's already preset in the, uh, in the app. You just go to their website and you go, hey, I'm using this product line, that product line, this product line. And it just, it automatically puts it in the app for you. So when you're, when you're weighing your, your product, you just boop, 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 boop. And even if like, like because we're independent, what do you got to do? Boop, 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 boop. <laughs> because we're independent, you know, we use, we use, it's not just one product line that we use or one color line that we use. Like I use, um, I use Schwarzkopf uh, Lightner, but I use Redken um, uh, shades and it's, and you're able to put all those products in there so you can weigh exactly, uh, exactly what you, uh, what you want. So they're making it super easy for you. They're making it incredibly easy for you and you're saving money and you can actually make money because I think I said earlier, you can, you can set the price to whatever you want to charge for that. Meaning like if a tube of color is costing you $10, you can mark it up. So it's $20. So when you forward that to your client, that um, little bit of a, a, a margin there as well. It's, it's so great. Um, again, just thank you very much, Salon Scales. Thank you for being on board with us. And, uh, and we can't wait to see how you guys change the industry in 2020. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, hey, welcome to your day off. My name is Corey, and of course, I'm sitting with my best bud, Tone. What's up? What's happening, my brother? Nothing, man. You're the man. Oh, man. 
Uh, well, we're about to talk to the Wu Man. The Wu Man, that's right. She, uh, we're talking to someone today that's, uh, you know, continuing our just conversation about over not only overcoming adversity, but what she's accomplished at such a young age. Yeah, you ain't kidding. Um, so last week we uh we talked to uh, uh Caitlin Ford and Caitlin talked about you know how she overcame you know losing a finger as a hairstylist, which is like beyond crazy to me, right? right. So um so we talked to her and and how and now our guest today uh, she has some adversity too that uh that in her life that that, that she had had to overcome. And then you know the outcome of her overcoming this. It, like what she's accomplished at such a young age. Well, and that's what overcome means, right? Yeah. It's not just, you know, get over it, but it's like, what are you going to do and how are you going to move forward? From she is kicking tail. She is. And she's exciting, man. Yeah. Exciting. All right. You know, enough about in? you and me. <laughs> I know. Let's do it. Should we get in? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, today our guest is Ryan Halo and Ryan uh, is from the Florida area. And um, we're going to kind of get into her story and, um, you know, hold on, put your seatbelt on and, uh, and let's get into it, shall we? Let's do it. So, Ms. Ryan Halo, welcome to your day off. Hello. I am so grateful to have the opportunity to speak with you both and get connected with you. I think it's pretty amazing how the world works and how we have, we're linked up through something that really had nothing to do with hair. So, <laughs> it's thanks crazy. for having I'm, me. It's crazy, right? So, um, my cousin, uh, uh, Steven, who lives in, in Tampa, he, uh, he, uh, he, you guys are part of like a same, like, uh, like entrepreneur program or something, right? Like some kind of, yes. group. yeah, yes. some kind of uh, group. emerging so, leaders. Yeah. So my cousin sent me a newsletter and, and Ryan was featured in the newsletter and he's like, you got to talk to her. So immediately, I mean, within seconds, I reached out to you from, um, from, from, um, when he reached out to me and it's just, it's just kind of crazy how this, like, how yeah. serendipitous it is or, or and like we talked about about how small this industry really is right especially when when our family members who aren't aren't even in the business you know what i mean exactly so you got check out this address exactly exactly <laughs> awesome so where are you from where did you grow up well i was originally born in new york and we moved to spring hill florida which not many people have heard of, and mm -hmm. for good reason, <laughs> a lot of Northern transplants. So I grew up most of my uh, childhood there. And then when I was about 19, I did move to Chicago, spent a few years there. And with uh, opportunities uh, regarding the salon, moved back to Spring Hill when I was 21 and basically been in the greater Tampa area since. Wow. That's that. Uh, that's the quickest nineteen years of the podcast. Yeah. So we got to dig a little deeper in those nineteen yeah. years, okay? <laughs> You're not gonna get through it that fast. <laughs> yeah, no that's it. <laughs> All right, dude. So uh, where do we start, man? I don't. You, you tell your story better than I can. So well, how did you find the industry? Or yeah, uh, yeah. back to court. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I I, I do often get asked if I always knew I wanted to be in this industry. Mm -hmm. And I laugh because it's 100% no. I did not want to do hair. Um, I, w I not just passively didn't want to do hair, but it was like, I'm not going to do hair because it did run in my family. Um, she so, said that like a disease. Right. <laughs> that's how, but that's what I, that's where I, I think it's so fascinating and such a testament to kind of going with kind of 
what is presented to you with the universe, God, whatever you call it, whatever's put in your path, because I had this really strong opinion about something that has given me an amazing life. So uh, yeah, my aunt did hair and I was really close with her growing up and I was shampooing and sweeping floors at like 10 years old. So I, I had a one perspective of the industry. Mm. Um, I was always very artistic as most hairdressers. I did love to paint and draw music, uh, but I was also a gifted and honor student. So it was ingrained in me that you go to college, you know, you get good grades. There's no other path to success or, you know, fulfillment in life. And, um, you know, I was grew up in the nineties. So I think even more so at that time, it was like college, college, college. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so where that, where that started to change was, I just went through some really rough stuff in that age of um, about 11 to 16. Um, so I had a very normal childhood, a amazing family, um, kind of cookie cutter, mom, dad, brother, grandparents, cousins, we're all really close, barbecues on the weekend, that kind of thing. And uh, when I was 11 years old, my, my parents were just having a really hard time getting together. They had gotten divorced, but we were still very close. And I, my father was becoming increasingly depressed and he did work nights and was isolated and ended up um, committing suicide and taking the life of my six-year-old brother. So, Wait, uh, so, oh, oh, so like, mm. yes, it's heavy stuff. So I can't even imagine. I can't either. So he was six and you were 11 at the time. Yes. Okay. So I, what, what happened? I mean, not, we can't just like breeze through that. Like, no, totally. Um, it is, I have become more passionate too about mental health. Um, I think it's not something that anybody would have expected from my dad. I mean, a little bit of a temper, but he wasn't abusive. He was fun dad, you know? Um, and I think isolation and, and not talking about your feelings and having nothing to live for, really, if you feel mm -hmm. like that, uh, that's what I think happened to him. And, um, but, it, why, but, but why, why your brother though? That's, I don't, I don't, I might've been a sense of control or maybe to hurt my mom. I really don't know. I think he probably, whoever he was there and he snapped my brother was there visiting for the weekend. Mm -hmm. And thank God I actually had want, I was not there, but I had wanted to go that weekend. So it, it's all crazy destiny. And, um, you know, I, everything gets us to where we are today. And yeah. How were you told? How, how were you given the information? I, I kind of had a sixth sense about it when my brother didn't come home and everybody was looking for him and calling, um, like Florida highway patrol. And I, I actually asked them, I said, you know, are, are they dead? And that's like my exact words. And everybody just like freaked out and couldn't believe that I could come up with that. And I, I'll talk about the fact that it's not how you expect it to feel. Um, I think if you're watching a movie with something like this happens, everybody freaks out and they cry and they have all these emotions. And for me as an 11 year old, I, I didn't really feel anything. Um, it was, I think it, whether it was a shock or um, just too much to process, I just, I didn't cry. And it was, it was just like a blur of everything happening. And then family coming into town, five days of funeral events, mm -hmm. and then dealing with a mom who, 
took it very hard for mm-hmm. you know obvious reasons so at that point I, I kind of say I just like grew up right then and there and um I was always pretty independent but it was like okay making your own food doing your own thing kind of living as a little adult <laughs> did you um did you feel at that point that you kind of had to take over the maternal role for your mom it, it slowly came to that uh in my opinion I did feel more like the parent and uh I mean she st- she kept sh- she continued to work. I mean, she was a fairly successful, she is fairly successful from a young age as well as just like going to college, getting different degrees. She was um, working in the medical field and continued to work. And she had a couple houses. Like she, she did well and she ended up remarrying someone who I was not very fond of. So I'm just going <laughs> to skirt past that. Um, but <laughs> but so that kind of changed the family dynamic all at the same time. Yeah, but as an 11 year old, you know, cause she, like her memory, she said he was, he, you know, they had fun. He was a good dad. He, you know, so obviously you loved your father, you know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. you lost two people in this, you know, mm-hmm. disease, this depression. It's, and you, you said, in Florida, so you you weren't living in you weren't living in Florida at the time, or you were. Uh, we were all in Florida, but we, we had moved from New York, and my dad's family was mostly in New York, and I think he just was by himself down here, and he wanted to stay with us, you know, as kids. And um, I mean, really, I felt like I lost three people because my mom wasn't the same. My brother and my dad were all gone. So, uh, like I said, though, I didn't feel it at the time. And I think slowly over the years, I've been able to like get more in touch with my emotions and what I've been through. And that's why I, I like to talk about it because I not, whether it's helping someone else or it's helping me, it's just, I think it's good for us to talk about things like this and get real about it. So, well that, you know, that's this 12th step in recovery, right? Is to keep talking about it because yes, the, the, the secret is that it helps both of you, you know, or, or helps others as well as helping yourself. So yeah, I, I just, I, you know, as an 11 year old, I just, I can't, I, I it's hard. I'm, I'm having a hard time processing it, you know, because you see, you left one person out there too. You know, you, it was your dad, your brother, your mom, but you know, you also lost your innocence, right? Yeah. You lost your, like your ability to be a kid, you know, yeah, or, I agree. or, or what, or, or what that was. And then, you know, um, I mean, I hope I'm not speculating here and I'm trying not to, but no. you know, then, then yeah. if you, if you felt like there was a time where you had to be the mom too, like that also kind of like, you know, you're no longer a kid because now you have someone yeah. to be responsible for when you're, well, you can't relate to any other 11 year old. Cause not me. Well, no yeah. other 11 year old can relate to you. Well, I think it's fair to say both. Right. Because you know, it's just, it's different. How, are, how, how did your dad's family react? I mean, are you, are you in contact with them still? Are you close to them? Are you, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, so at the time, it was, oh, I think my dad had placed a call or two to his mom, and but she didn't know exactly what was going on. And it, it was that was very tumultuous. Um, my mom was angry, everybody is angry at each other. Um, I didn't talk to my grandma for a little while on that side. But then we kind of overcame that. But since then, most of he still has a brother and uh, a cousin of mine that I talked to occasionally, but they're in New York and um, yeah, we're not most of my grandparents passed away. That was hard for me, but we were close up until they did. And, you know, there's not a lot of family on his side. So how did you, yeah. um, how did you get over the anger? Um, I, d- I never felt angry with him. Um, my mom was, but that was my mom's feeling. Um, I just felt 
disbelief and then you know you do feel sad and then I think I'm in acceptance of it um yeah like I said yeah. it doesn't feel like how you think it's gonna feel <laughs> yeah. I definitely does. feel like it gave me a lot more empathy uh even as I before that I wasn't like very I wasn't I was tough I wasn't much of a crier I didn't like people see me cry and I feel like more now I'm more empathetic and more emotional and mm-hmm. feel, I'll cry from happy stuff or sad stuff like <laughs> I, I'm definitely more like emotionally and spiritually like open and in tune but it took time um yeah. so for, I mean from there okay so I was 11 um really like surreal time very much not uh it took time. So my mom continued to function pretty normally, but started to become a little bit more isolated. I kind of was just having fun almost doing my own thing. Like, okay, I'll go out and play all day. Just, it was very, it it kept as pretty much as it was. Uh, And then at about 13, 14, 15, uh, my mom had uh, basically developed a a substance abuse problem. Um, with uh, prescription medications, it's really big. I, I'm guessing the country, but in Florida at the time, it was terrible. It was like an epidemic. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's when it got really emotionally hard for me because you're living in an unstable environment. Um, and that was when I started to fall behind in school and I started to have an unstable, and I just wanted to get away. So I, whoever, friend's house I could stay at whatever was not there I was basically doing that or she I'd be up really late because there was things going on in the house and I couldn't wake up for school so I'd miss the bus so I couldn't get to school or I'd get forgotten at school sometimes and um I I don't ever want to you know me and my mom have a good relationship now and I don't I was mad at her uh, actually for a long time and I am really grateful to have uh, overcome that anger because that wasn't easy (laughs) because you feel like your parents, I mean, my dad, I kind of just was at peace with it almost instantly and I don't understand why, but with my mom, I was like, we're close and you know, you're supposed to be this person for me and then to have such a good normal family and then to have it pulled away, you're like, well, I know what I'm supposed to have and I know what, you know, we were so you have your expectations are almost even higher. So to not have it is harder. So I did resent her for some of the things that happened. Um, and I think it was almost like a transference where what she was going through, she kind of put on me and it, it just, it got very, very hard and we've worked through that. So I don't hold it against her and I don't want to put her down in any way because what she went through is harder than what any of us did. So I'm grateful that she is sober now <laughs> and uh, we are getting along. So it took, Amen. it's been quite a few years, but I think we're all in a, in a pretty good place. considering. I mean, that was just, I mean, unfortunately you were, you know, you were in the, the, the everybody's toughest time, right? The, the, those, those mid teen years, you know, everybody's toughest time. And, you know, your mom was processing it all as well, you know? Right. So. She was, I guess she was coping it, coping with it the way she figure out uh, learn how to cope with it right and that's yeah. you know through addiction yeah yeah so well, thank crazy. god that's over <laughs> yeah no right or, yes. you know, that, yes. that's your, that's your so that's 13 14 15 so you said 16 where it took a turn for you so yeah <laughs> um dropping out of school 
was probably one of my darkest times because I felt completely out of control and I felt like there was no hope for my future because I had no other ideas of what path I would take. It was just like, okay, that's it. You missed your shot. That's it. You're 16 and your life is over. So that's, that's how it felt. So I started to feel, I started to hang out with some really bad, I won't call them bad people, but some people that were doing some unsafe and bad things. I mean, uh, drug dealers and people that were just partying every night and I kept it together enough. I was like, I'm not going to do these drugs. I'm not going to do these drugs. But then like this little voice in the back of my head was like, well, why not? <laughs> it started to get to a point where it's like, what else is going on? And I was so close. I feel like when um, it was like divine intervention, um, one of the people that I was hanging out with, um, his aunt was a hairdresser and she was successful in our area, color specialist, like cool vibe from New York, younger, um, offered me a job for $25 a day. She's like, what are you, you know, what are you doing? You're, you're like a vibrant, happy girl. Um, you have experience shampooing. Do you want to be my, basically her personal assistant for uh, $25 a day plus tips. <laughs> and uh, I was all about it. I just, I was excited to do anything that gave me a sense of purpose. And she took me under her wing, started to teach me a little bit of a different perspective on the industry than I had gotten from uh, the family business I had um, seen previously. And she was awesome. She's a hustler. She could, you know, triple book herself. And with my help, I started to learn the art of the upgrade and customer service and the chemical process of hair color, which for me, being a little bit of like a left brain, right brain, kind of nerdy, kind of not. <laughs> I was like, oh, teach me all the chemical compounds. And I was reading literature in, in the downtime and um, just never sat down, was always doing something, cleaning, helping the other stylists in the salon when I got a chance, uh, which actually led to the owner of the salon asking me if I would work for him for $50 a day when she wasn't there. And it just, it started to snowball from there. That's pretty cool, man. That's 16 years old. Yeah. Hmm. So, she, so she was a born hustler. That's she just had to find a lot life. of money for, for a 16 year old. You think yeah, like 50 bucks a day? Plus twenty five, yeah, heck yeah. I mean, I I got that up to a hundred dollars a day. I was I would upgrade treatments. I would um, just treat customers with great service and get tips, you know. Um, and I did fall in love. I have always been um, a natural hustler. <laughs> I was selling, you know, I was sell the most at the candy drives. I would get my grandma to buy me uh, like the fundraiser chocolate from Sam's Club and then go sell it myself <laughs> just, I used to sell jerseys I, I sold knockoff knockoff purses and yeah I did kind of whatever oh, she's a hustler, man. I could. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's interesting is like is is she's the perfect hairdresser right because she has the artistic background right so she sees the art she, she, she she's a self-proclaimed nerd so she was all about the science and stuff you know and and she's a hustler I mean what's missing right because a lot of times, yeah. you know, certainly a lot of hairdressers that, that, that I've grown up with or, or that we've seen, like, they're either really strong with, with, with the, the chemicals or they're really strong with the art, but it's a rare one that has both, you know, and, and then you, to be a hustler on top of that. And then you had the business <laughs> side of it, right, which a lot of hairdressers struggle with. Uh-huh. 
She's got the trifecta. She got the, tri- or maybe more. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's a quad factor in there. <laughs> You're right, dude. That's amazing, dude. I mean, like, 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 like. So, 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 so you're assisting the owner, right? Mm-hmm. At what point, I mean, do you say to yourself, okay, I want to either go to school or I want to yeah. apprentice to get my license? At what point did you want to, be, to actually become a hairdresser? Yeah, that's a, also a great question. I don't, well, in Florida, we don't do apprenticeships for licensing. We, ha- we do have to complete at least 1,200 hours of cosmetology school. Um, this is something I also, I mean, since we're getting real, I, this really bothered me and I didn't really like to make a, a big deal about it. But um, I, I felt a lot of, uh, I felt so much gratitude toward uh, that whole circumstance, the owner, the woman I was assisting. I mean, I was staying at her house a bunch of, you know, many times a uh, a week and um, something happened. It was family business, and I, I basically got accused of stealing. But it was like capes and things that I would. I, it just didn't made no sense to me. But I, I think maybe someone in the family I was a little too much or something, or I was rocking the boat too much. But yeah, they I got accused of stealing, and uh, which if you knew me, like it, that's just insane. And um, the woman who I was assisting him, I was close with, she was pretty upset by that. She's like, you know. Da, 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 but you just need to go to school. This is because the truth is I probably would have stayed at that job and for much longer than I did. And um, instead it pushed me to take that next unexpected step, which was to go to Palm Beach school. But um, I, everything happens for a reason. And yeah, at the time I was, I was really hurt by that, uh, but it, it was meant to be. So, yeah, so, so when you, yeah, go ahead. When you said the um, the hairstylist was upset, was she upset with you? Did, like, what, no, she, no, she was just upset with the situation. She loved having yeah. me. We were a great yeah. team for twenty five um, bucks she, a I day. Mean, I'd love you too. Man. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I laugh about it now. I mean, when I tell people, I'm like, "Would you work for twenty five dollars a day?" But hey, it got me here. You know, that's yeah. why it's not always just about the money. It's not always about. The, it's just about saying yes and just giving your best. And you know, I didn't have to run around the salon cleaning the whole time. I but I. Right. You know, it's a, a lot of times Tony and I are approached and, um, you know, people talk to us, you know, either getting out of, out of hair school or getting out of college or whatever. And I'll speak for myself. Um, you know, what should I do? Should I take, you know, should I go straight to the floor? Or should I assist, you know? And, and my, my uh, opinion of that is that, you know, when you're young in your career, always take the experience over the money because mm-hmm. experiences, the experience will pay a lot more in the long run than the money will in the short, short term. You know, don't Absolutely. chase dimes for dollars. So, I mean, you were on that path Preach. at 16. You know? so, yes. To that note. So then you went to Paul Mitchell, the school in Tampa? Yeah. So uh, I still was a little bit resistant. I'm like, I still don't know if I want this uh, career because I hadn't seen more than Spring Hill, Florida and what, mm-hmm. you know, what different paths this industry could create. So that's the, my small mentality um, at that time. But I toured the Paul Mitchell school and just knew at that point. And I'll tell you, talk about overcoming adversity. I mean, I was 16. I had no license, no no driver's license. I was not on good terms with my mom. I basically left her home without her permission and could not get, uh, I could not get emancipated in a timely and, and costly fashion to make mm-hmm. it worthwhile. So I had no none of my own paperwork, like social security card, birth certificate, all that. 
I, you can't sign for yourself for these things really. So I didn't have a license. Uh, I really didn't have much money. I was very, very, very fortunate to have my grandparents kind of like go against my mom a little bit and allow me to move in with them and give me surprise and give me more stability. Mm -hmm. Um, and they drove me up there and the Paul Mitchell school teamed me up with someone from my town because it was about an hour away from our home. Oh, wow. So it wasn't, it wasn't close. It wasn't an easy, I couldn't take the bus there. Um, and the person that they teamed me up with actually was, is now one of my best friends. She's at my uh, matron of honor at my wedding. Um, works, she's a senior um, education leader in the salon. And um, yeah, it's like my hair, best friend, sister. <laughs> um, her name's Rian. Shout out to Rian Zakhar. Shout out to and, Rian. Uh, yeah, so it all just, we just didn't let the little obstacles, I didn't let the little op obstacles stop me. And I did have my grandparents to help support. And I did have the Palm Tree School was very supportive and trying to figure ways out. I got financial aid. And yeah, there we go. This is still mind blowing. People are probably listening. Okay, yeah, that, you know, I, I hear that. But imagine all the stuff you've been through up to this point. And now you have this huge obstacle and you're 16 years old. <laughs> I know, right? At six, I would have been like, man, screw that. I'm just going to hang out <laughs> yeah. with my homies and, you know, be in trouble or do whatever. But yeah. you, you figured out a way to make it happen at 16 years old. And that's just, I can't process it. Yeah. It's, it's you know, kudos to you. Mad, mad thank respect you, to you. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I'm grateful for the way everything worked out. My biggest uh, piece of advice is just don't let the little obstacles stop you. Like there's always a way. Like so cheesy, but when there's a will, there's a way. You just keep pushing through. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think it's cheesy at all because I think that distractions is what slows us all down. You know, uh, and, and and the hardest thing in life I think is to identify what those distractions are, and whether you actually whether you physically. Um, uh, identified them or not, you know, you push through those distractions and, and, and you have you at 16 years old, you had a lifetime of excuses. You had a lifetime of victimism mm -hmm. and you had a lifetime of distractions and somehow, some way, God willing, you broke through. You did, you, you didn't allow any of that to hold you back. Even though any one of those situations, even with the mom relationship, which is probably the easiest one, well, not the easiest, but, you know, considering out of all the stuff that's happened, mm -hmm. uh, could have, could have played the, you know, the make play the, victim, play the victim, right. right? And hold you back. But she didn't allow any of that to hold you back. She didn't allow herself being a thief to hold her back either. Like, <laughs> Nobody better take that out of context. <laughs> did not steal a thing. Not one cape, not one clip. So. <laughs> not one clip. I steal my own clips. <laughs> you go home and check the wash and the hard to steal clips. a clip. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, oh, man. I can't forget that. And you get to work the next day, like, oh, man, where's my clip? <laughs> exactly. Happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. So at 16, you found, you know, you get your partner up that became your best friend. Now you're at Paul Mitchell School. How long did it take you to get through school? Uh, it's a pretty quick program, full time, uh, 10 months. So uh, by the yeah, by the time I graduated, I think it was like going on 18. I was just turning 17 um, right after I started school. Uh, so yeah, we've, I finished school. And 
I loved it. I took every extra course, all the honors is my way to like make up for the, <laughs> my dropping out of school, getting really good grades in here at school. Um, and uh, yeah, a little bit of an overachiever there. And um, Don't after we got that. out, it was, uh, I, so I had another set idea that I wanted to not own a hair salon. I wanted to be a celebrity freelance artist, have artistic editorial. I was reading books on session work and then I, I had it all figured out again. <laughs> and um, so we, I worked a little bit after school and in, a, in my, in my town um, and planned to go to Chicago. So that's where Chicago started, came into the picture. I thought it was a city that I could handle. It was a little less intense than New York, not as far away from Florida as California and I could get my feet wet Um and I did move out there and I did do um, photo shoots, got involved in the local scene of uh, photography, fashion shows. And um, I did some like, serving and like commercial modeling, little like little side jobs to pay the bills. I did get a job as an apprentice at a very high-end salon. Um, that taught me a lot about how a high-end salon functions with an apprenticeship program and different systems that I did not experience previously. So I was rocking and rolling out there, loving it. I had I did have a fake ID, so I did work as a server <laughs> and a bartender, um, and did what I had to do. And right when I was turning twenty-one, I got a phone call, which changed the path again. Uh, it was my grandma and my aunt that had owned the salon in my town. Had you know a lot of personal things going on. I was going out of business and. The business had you know declined quite a little bit and she's like do you want to go in 50 50 and purchase this salon and for me at first it was like a hard no first reaction i do not want to live in small town florida i do not want to own a salon and no <laughs> <laughs> and i was right before, like i said right before my 21st birthday so i was actually had a flight in like three days to come back to Florida. And I was out to like dinner with my uncle who lived in Chicago also. And he's like, well, what if you just, you know, get it going and then come back to Chicago, which now is laughable. <laughs> yeah, just, just get it going, no big deal, just throw it together. Um, and, I, and the more I thought about it, I, I thought, you know, I, I do believe in, you know, God and a higher purpose. And I do believe in um, something bigger than what, I can picture for myself and I thought I don't want to regret this I don't want to ever look back and go what if I didn't do that and Chicago's not going anywhere like all of those things that I would all of the things I was involved in weren't going anywhere so I almost like in disbelief was like okay I'll do it and the kicker is from my dad passing away I had ten thousand dollars in a Florida prepaid college account and my aunt wanted 20 and my grandma was going to put in the other 10. So I had the exact amount of money that I needed to put in 50% to purchase the business. So wow. just did it. <laughs> Look, it's funny, you know, as I'm the more and more uh, business stuff that I study, you know, they, they talk about the art of pivoting, right? So, and then you get those that, that so locked in on their, on their goal. And, you know, when you come to a point where you need to pivot in life or in business, if you don't do so, you fight you know, and you'll, it'll cost you more money or it, you'll start to drown and stuff like that. And you, you don't see it, but she's here. She is with not even going to business school. She already knows the art of pivoting. She's pivot two, three, four times already. Just, you know, even though she said it's a hard no, 
but she still was able to to pivot and, and make it work. It just, yeah. Especially at 20. I'm in all of you. Yeah, I am too. I, especially at 21, right? I mean, you're leaving the big city, the big, the That's big, what I'm saying. let's be honest. She's leaving the big party, right? She's living the, she's yes. leaving the party, you know, <laughs> to, uh, to, to come back to, uh, to small town, Florida. Right. You know, it must've been, a, it must've been a, been the winter in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's the that's the cruel joke. It was springtime. It was going into summer. Uh, <laughs> the ice is thawing. Like, so she traded traded like a nice Chicago for like brutal uh yeah, yeah. brutal for winters to br- brutal summers. <laughs> that's it, right? She had no, she had no uh no yeah. weather break. That's crazy. So so then so you took over the you took over the song with your grandmother. Yeah, so that was a, uh, that's a fun story too. Um, so my grandma, she is actually legally blind. Uh, she doesn't, so basically she's blind and she has no industry experience. So she's not a retired hairdresser or anything like that. Um, she just, you know, has a good sense of numbers and my, my grandpa owned a machine shop and, you know, we do have some entrepreneurial, uh, background in my family and it was kind of like just an opportunity and we we're both willing to give what we could. And it had no, cl- no employees, pretty much no clients. It actually had a little bit of a sketchy reputation, not some, some sketchy people. Remember I said that time frame was rough with the mm-hmm. drugs and everything. And it had a, it had a bad reputation. So I, we had to build back past from that and scrub it. I cleaned it for two months, just like from nine to five, just gutting everything I could and trying to shine it up. And, um, no employees, uh, for the first, I think it was like a year and a half. And oh. then, it was yeah, basically me. I, I I like hired a young girl to help at the front desk a little bit, but it wasn't really necessary or productive. And pretty much did everything. And I one of the biggest things was just showing up for the hours on the door, just always just showing up, being there where I had clients. And some weeks I had like no clients. And then I talk about the fact that if a family of three came in for highlights at five, I'd stay and I'd take them, and I would be there till midnight. Um, and I just. It took it whatever I could I walked around the neighborhood with flyers and little like wedges which I should not have been wearing <laughs> walking around because I didn't have a car um I didn't need a car in Chicago so I didn't have one in Florida for the first couple years um got rides my grandpa to work and yeah I just whatever I could do and then Brian came back she had moved to Vegas and she moved back and she came to work with me, and then you know, little by little, we built. That was your. Team. That was your. That was your friend that uh, that was driving you to uh, to hair school. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I'm sorry, go ahead. Her best so bud. Her best bud. Her best bud. <laughs> My hair sister. Um. So yeah, she came back, and we just we did every we took every opportunity we could. You know, we went to chamber of commerce events in Hernando County. We we went to wedding expos. We I walked around, you know, handing out flyers. We just did whatever we could and started to grow. And I learned, I tried to take the standards that I learned in Chicago from that salon and apply them in Spring Hill, which that uh, is pretty interesting. Oh, my headphones went out. So let me see. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm gonna take them off. They did. <laughs> um, all right. So I did. I didn't know how to run a business. I had no idea about how to quantify success or measure key indicators. Like I knew nothing about that stuff. I just knew how to do hair and make clients happy. Um, and then in that area, a hair, a thirty-five dollar haircut was kind of a lot. 
So we came in there trying to charge what we could. And at, at this present day, our haircuts, our highest haircut is um, 105. So oh, wow. for that small town to go from, you know, we were, it was $20, 35 was kind of a lot. Um, using the systems of um, guest experience, elevating what you're giving them, because so many people told me I was crazy to open a high-end salon in that town because we have like McDonald's, we have nothing but chain, well, it's, it is growing, but at that time, it's chain restaurants, Walmarts, you know, <laughs> a Target right. is pretty fancy out there. <laughs> right. That's, that's incredible. Really. Well, so, yeah. so how did you, thanks for not listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for those, right. yeah. yeah, exactly. So how did, what was your path? So what was your business path? Right. So you said you didn't have any, um, indicate you didn't know, you know, tell us your business path. Yeah. So, um, the first couple of years, like I said, I just had to hustle and do the hair and, and help grow the people with me. And then, at about two, three years in, I knew that I, I couldn't do it all, that I had to start finding a way to take a step back from being the top producer to being um, a producer of people. So I, anytime I wasn't busy with hair, I was watching webinars or doing research. Um, I started learning about audiobooks and I started cold calling mentors. So I would ask the reps from Paul Mitchell and, and Cosmoprof who the successful salons were and they would tell me and I'd call them. And a lot of people didn't really get back to me, but there was one person, uh, Coral Please, which so many people know her. She's like, you know, pretty, uh, everybody knows her in the industry. She's amazing. Um, she invited me to come up to her salon in Sarasota and she had multiple salons and a huge team and, cutting loose salons. And I came up for three days. I think, like I said, I think I was 23 and just studied everything she did. And it felt very in alignment with what I was trying to do. And she introduced me to Lauren Gartland through, for Inspiring Champions. And then I went to one of her camps and they did not, I did not barely have enough money to cover payroll week to week at that time. My grandma yelling at me. <laughs> She's like, well, you know, why are you spending on this and that? And I agreed to do, like a, I think it was like $1,200 a month coaching program. Oh. And we could barely make payroll. And I'm like crying to my grandma. I'm like, no, we have to do this. This is what we need. I know this is the next step. Like I need this, this meat to these processes. So that helped me create systems and organize my like ADD million idea mind. And uh, yeah, I just started there and I started weaning from behind the chair, working really hard to maximize the business and uh, became super in love with systems and metrics and that nerdy side got to play again. And here we are. That's amazing. Imagine if, imagine if like she listened to her grandmother, you know, she'd still be in that small spring Hill, like salon with, with, with little growth, you know, no employees <laughs> with, yeah, with, 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 you know, not, not knowing how to yeah. grow people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you, you learn, are you still friends uh, with Coral? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. We, um, she recommend, she was my sponsor for integral fewer. Um, I, I, you know, we see each other at a lot of events. She got me to uh, embrace and become partners with Orbe, which has been amazing for our salon. It's one of our brands, that and Paul Mitchell. 
So she's a great mentor and um, her whole family and even her whole salon team. I, I love having a, a relationship with them. So I wonder great. what, I wonder what Coral saw in you, you know, like, I wonder, like, you know, she almost allowed you to shadow her, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, I wonder, I wonder what that was. Maybe anytime call I've called her since she'll answer any questions I have, like get right back to me. And I know she's super busy as you know, am I at these, these days too. And, but I don't forget that she did take her personal time and still does at any time. So would you leave her like the meeting with her and then go back to your shop and start implementing what, what you've yeah, learned? Yeah, totally. Yeah. She, I mean, she gave me pieces of her handbook, like total, no, you know, no holding back. And I take that really to heart in terms of as a mentor now, like I want to be that for other people as well. And sometimes I've, I've, I've done free education for salons in my area. I've done classes, coaching, given advice, had lunch with local salon owners. Like I try to have that same mindset of abundance. That's what we preach in our salon with our team. There's nothing but abundance. There's no competition. And that's what I want to be in the industry for whether they're down the road for me or they're in another state. And, and definitely Coral was that way to me. So it helps keep me inspired to be that way for others. Yeah. Obviously, you know, you're, you're walking the walk, right? You're not just talking to talk because you're even outside of the industry in entrepreneurial groups. And, and of course we talked about it in the beginning of the podcast, that's how we found out about you, but yeah. uh, you're cons- constantly trying to improve and learn and yeah. grow so you can help others do the same that's amazing hey hey hey, ryan do me a favor um tell our tell our listeners how old you are right now 29 so she's 29 years old and she's accomplished so so much and then you you just opened or or you've opened a second location since spring hill right yeah so uh in, tw- in 2017 uh a very similar scenario where it was a um a older hair hairstylist was owning the salon and wasn't fulfilling her anymore. And I had done some education for her team, just, you know, some like complimentary education. And she decided she wanted to get out of it and, and told me that she thought I'd be a good fit to take over. And it was really same thing, very hard to get it up and going. It wasn't very close to our first location, which, you know, you don't want it down the road, but it was, um, 40, it's about 45 to an hour from the other salon. So driving there and everything and, and establishing a reputation, it was a fun challenge. Um, mm-hmm. still a challenge. And now we, that salon's doing pretty well. I'm very happy with it. I think we about doubled our numbers from last year. Oh, so, congratulations. That's awesome. Um, Did, so, so, but that was the first time that you actually took over a staff, right? Yes. Yes. How was that? How was that transition? that we are you know there's a lot to be said for like ideal guest vision statements or ideal team member vision statements and being I really preach that you're not necessarily the stylist for everybody not everybody's the client for you um and I think someone if they don't choose to buy into your culture it's a lot harder of a transition um they, they did all you know the two, it was only two stylists and they did choose to stay but it wasn't quite the same as when someone sees us from the time they're in school and they know what we're about and they're super passionate about it and they want to do all the extra work and they want to, because there, it is extra work. Like you, we, our standards are high and you know, our stylists achieve great things and that doesn't come just by showing up nine to five, no extra effort required, you know? Um, and 
it was that was a little bit tricky. I I I learned things in that process. So good deal. So what are you are you behind the chair still? I'm really not. Um, I haven't been for. I started transitioning out. I think in 2014. Wow. Um, maybe yeah, 15, 16. I was still behind the chair. After 16, I pretty much wasn't. I did take some guests in the new salon in 2017 to help get the momentum up. And then I, ha- I have scoliosis, um, which it's, it's not great. To, it means your spine is shaped like an S. <laughs> right. So for even though I kind of want to still do a little more hair than I do, it's not in the best interest of my longevity. So I, I try to do classes and mentoring in the salon. Dude, it blows me away that at 26 years old, she she had the wherewithal or, or the, the planning to be able to step out from behind the chair into a different role. That just, that just freaks me out. Like most people are starting their career at 26. I wonder why it ain't happening. And you, you did everything to make it happen. She's already started a salon, built a salon, uh, pulling herself out, started a second salon. And, uh, you know, now she's focusing on to teach other people how to do all that stuff. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I got to give like so much credit to the people though, that, that joined our company because they, we all stand for, like I was trying to say, speaking about the people that didn't choose to join our company, like everybody who's in our company joined it because they saw kind of like our bigger purpose. And I couldn't have done anything that I've done without so much support, whether it's from mentors, my, my salon team, the managers in my team. Like there's so many people that make us great. I, I, I get like weird sometimes about taking compliments or, you know, credit for it because it's, it's, it's a group, it's a group effort. And I'm just grateful to be able to help um, support the people that are in the, in the company and on the team um, because everybody has a unique strength and, we all lend something to it. And as a true leader does, you know, she, she, she passes out the compliments, right? She doesn't take them. She passes them out. And and that, and that's why you have a staff that'll run through a wall for you. I guarantee it. Hey, can I recommend a book to you? Yeah, please. So uh, it's, he's a hairdresser. Um, He, he has a great salon in Raleigh, North Carolina called blow. Uh, His name is Brian Noonish. And he wrote a salon, he wrote a, a salon, you know, book called blown away. Um, what was it, my life or what I learned from, from walking around the world and smoking pot and eating pizza or something like that. (laughs) That's it. But, but, but Brian's a very interesting dude. You guys are soulmates. I can tell you from this conversation because a lot of what you, you, you say, uh, he says as well, and uh, you guys are kindred spirits, whether you know it or not. So that's, it's a great book. I'll, uh, uh, well, maybe, maybe I'll just buy you a copy and send, send it down to you. Yeah, there we go. We'll just send it down to her. Um, I think you'll really enjoy it. Brian, Brian's a neat, neat dude. Um, he's, he's been on the podcast. So if you get a chance to listen to his podcast that, um, that he did with us and, um, he's going to do a few more with us as well, but dude, you're amazing. I mean, if if we haven't said it enough, you're amazing. And, and, and the, so more people in the industry need, need to use you as guidance and, 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 as you know how how can they find you as you is your is your business uh mentoring up and running or is that what you're developing now and how can they find you and learn more about you oh well um so i had told you guys offline that um i this last year was very full of personal things going on building a house getting married so i took a little a little breather so this year 
now coming. Um, I'm ready to, to be fully in it. And um, we are still developing a lot of the aspects, but I have already started doing um, like one-to-one coaching and mentoring. So I am available um, even, you know, even like if you don't want to um, be part of the, if, if you don't want to, my, to purchase my services as a consultant, <laughs> I'm still happy to be a resource and make friends and um, give the advice that I can, you know, free of charge. But I also am going to be providing, you know, coaching paid services as well. Um, we are, the parts that we're figuring out are going to be, um, my team, ha- there's members that want to do technical training as well. And, um, you know, I want to focus more on the business mentorship. Um, and then down the road too, we do want to open a school. So there's wow. a lot of things. Played like, so, so the school that you want to open, will, will that be like a, um, like a hair school or like a business school? It would be a cosmetology school, but with business mm-hmm. and personal development as well. Um, I mean, that, that we would need a whole nother podcast for me to tell you how <laughs> much time and training went into like developing interpersonal relationships because leadership is such a, it's not what people think it is. Like I used to have, I'm very strong willed and opinionated and think that, okay, well, I know this is how it should be done. This is how it should be done. But you have to learn about how different people communicate, how, what their love language is, like what, when you say something, they don't necessarily hear what you said, the way that you mean it to sound. So, Mm -hmm. um, I think that's a, a whole nother aspect that owners should look into. By the way, I'm going to say deal. You're going to get another podcast so we can talk about leadership and leadership styles and, and personal development. That's awesome. We'll definitely do that. Um, yeah. How, how can they find you? What's, yeah, yeah. What's your right? <laughs> uh, all right. So um, on Instagram, I am Ryan under under slash underscore halo, just Ryan halo. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my salon is salon halo three, five, two. And that was the area code of our first salon. <laughs> salon halo was taken. <laughs> um, so it's salon halo three, five, two, but all of the team's work is up there and we post fun videos and stuff, but, um, yeah, personally follow me at Ryan, uh, underscore halo and then, um, Facebook, Ryan halo just have a personal page for now. We have all our salon Facebook pages. So just salon halo, but make sure it's the one in Florida because we are not the only salon halo out there. <laughs> no, there's a couple. There's a couple around. The other people can be like, hey, I'm just getting flooded. What? <laughs> I didn't say that. What are you talking about? What just happened here? Right. I appreciate them too. Share the love. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That is so awesome. Ryan, I cannot, uh, well, I'm, first I'm going to thank Steven. Stephen, thank yeah. you very, very much for uh, for 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 uh, hooking us up, and um, you know, thank you very much for uh, for hanging out with us today. Thank you very much for for sharing your uh, your your pretty uh, intimate story there. And, and, and congratulations and- on the wedding. The yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah, thank yeah. you. Yeah, I want to give my fiance a shout out too because ever since we've been together, um, uh, he's been such a a great, helpful handyman. Like like ride or die, staying up until 4am, building uh, stations, painting. So uh, it's, that's definitely done a lot for the business as well, having his support. And- well, what is that? Doesn't he own a restaurant? He does. So How does he we, have time to make, build your, uh, your, your stations? We, 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 it's, a, it's a great partnership in all ways. So I help him where I can with my strengths, like marketing and, and the 
development leadership and he helps me with, with the, with the muscle. <laughs> Give his restaurant a shout out. That's in Spring Hill. Oh yeah. So that's um, PJ's brick oven pizza. Uh, they are New York transplants to Florida. So it's a New York style pizza in Florida and uh, they do catering and they're actually going to be catering our wedding. So awesome. <laughs> awesome. That's so well, cool. Enjoy your honeymoon. Yes, yes. Thank yeah, you. It's going to be beautiful. And once again, thank you. Thank you for hanging out with us. And, 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 and Ryan Halo, thank you very, very much for joining us on your day. Hey, hey, so there it is. Hey, this is a message that um, we've been trying to bring, I don't know, for the last couple of months, actually since we started the podcast. Hey, so if you like the podcast or if you find that it's useful, please, please, please leave us a review, a five-star review on iTunes. Um, leave us a rating and a review. But if you don't like it, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, totally forget about this message. We also want to thank Sarah and Blaine from Pretty Gritty. Uh, Sarah and Blaine, they are a band out of uh, Portland, Oregon, and we just want to thank them very much for allowing us to use their song, Pleased to Meet You, on our podcast. Um, that's cool. I think you can find, actually you can, you can find their music on, um, on iTunes. Peace and hair grease. <laughs>